I know that we have gotten used to spelling out phrases by just using a few letters. For example, if I said to you TGIF, you knew that I was saying, thank God it's Friday. With texting and emailing going on so much, you know, we don't want to take all that time to write out all the words, so we come up with little phrases or little abbreviations to stand for those phrases like I-M-H-O, in my humble opinion. Do you know what this phrase stands for? W-I-I-F-M? What's in it for me? Yeah. Now, you may not be familiar with that abbreviation, but I bet you're familiar with that phrase. I think sometimes as adults we probably ask that. When we're asked to do something or told to do something, we might think, well, what's in it for me that I have to do it? And I know that kids ask that too. When they're given assignments or things that they have to learn, they probably wonder, well, what's in it for me? Why do I have to learn this? What good is it going to do? You know, we put a lot of emphasis on learning. We spend 13 or more years in grade school and high school, and, and then we go on to college, and we probably go to seminars or workshops and, and learn things that we need for our particular profession because we know it's important to learn. But yet the question might be valid, what is in it for me? For example, you probably spent a lot of years learning math. Do you remember those algebra and geometry lessons? Do you remember all those postulates and do you still use them? Or, or what about all those events and dates in history that you had to memorize? Do you remember what all that was about and the importance of it for today? Even though the teacher stood up there and said, this is the most important lesson in your life and you need to learn it because you'll need it later. We probably don't. And right now I have all the teachers staring at me and giving me death rays. <laughs> but there is something that is important for us to learn. And something that is lasting in its value for us. And that is God's word. Listen to this command and promise that Jesus speaks to us in the last book of the Bible. Revelation chapter 2. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Today, I want us to keep our eyes on the prize that God has for us. That's what he's encouraging us to do. And it's Christian education that can help us keep our eyes on that prize. When I say Christian education, I don't just mean all those wonderful programs that we have for our kids here, and I don't just mean our Lutheran schools, I also mean all of the programs, the Bible classes that we have for adults as well, because Christian education is a lifetime event. It's for all of us all the time. Why? Just listen to what Jesus said, be faithful up to the point when you die. You see, he was telling us what the purpose of Christian education is. Faithfulness. Now, what is faithfulness? What is God talking about, and how do we stay in that? Well, since we're 
talking school terms today, I want to simply give you ABC to remember about faithfulness. It starts out with the adoration of God. That is worshiping him. A few minutes ago, you heard our young reader give us the commands that the Lord gave to his people, Israel. He said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. He was talking about our spiritual being. Now, we spend a lot of years in school learning all sorts of things because we know those things are important and valuable to us in life. But God adds something more. He tells us to love Him. That is, to praise and adore Him. Now, when Moses got that command from the Lord, do you think he read it and said, you know, these are fine, but what's in it for me? Do you think Moses asked that of God? I don't think so. Because he knew there was something in it for him. There was a blessing. And there is a blessing for us in adoring God. You see, from the very beginning, God created us to have this desire to be in fellowship, in relationship with him. So much so that God, in the creation of time, set apart one day out of the week for us to rest, the Sabbath day, and for us to have that time of relationship with Him. Throughout the Scriptures, God gives us encouragements and instruction and examples about worshiping Him. And that's what you're doing this morning. That's what's important for us as parents to do for our kids, to lead them, to teach them, to recognize that this is a priority in life, to adore, to worship the Lord our God. That is the start of faithfulness. Now, the letter B can stand for the second element of faithfulness, which is building our life on his word. Christian education, really, or education in general, really is all about building up a person's life, to, to build their character, to build their knowledge base, to build their set of skills. Jesus talked about building our lives, too. He told a story that went like this. There was a guy who built his house on sand. And when the rains came and the winds blew and the water rose... It wiped out that foundation and his house crashed. And then there was another guy who built his house on a rock. And the rains came and the winds blew and the waters rose, but that house remained standing. Jesus says, so it is for everyone who builds their life on my word, on that sure foundation. Because it's God's word that tells us about God. Nowhere else. It's God's word that tells us that we are blessed because of his grace, his unconditioned love for us. Not that we have deserved it. His word reveals to us how much he loved us. That he sends his own son into this world to live for us, to die for us, to rise for us, so that you and I will have eternal life. 
It's God's word that instructs us about how we should live lives of, of thanks and praise and obedience and service. It's God's word that, that guides us, that motivates us, and that comforts us in times of trouble because it directs us to him. The world can't give us that because the world wants nothing to do with God. The world can't recognize or know God apart from his word. The world says, figure it out. The world says, you can do it, and you can do it your way. You do whatever way you want, whatever way pleases you, that's okay. But that's not what God says. God tells us to avoid the ways of the world and to follow his ways. In Psalm 1, he, he gave us these beautiful words of guidance. He said, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree that's firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers." That's the firm foundation that God wants us to build on. Is that what you're building your life on? Is that what you are leading your children to build their life on? In God's word is the root of faithfulness. So we have the adoration of God. We have the building of our life in his word. And the letter C, that stands for the third element of faithfulness, being connected to God's people. You see, God works through people. That's why the Holy Spirit has gathered us together as a congregation. That's what a Christian school is about, to gather God's people together. And it's for this purpose, to lead us to Christ and to keep us in Christ. We're gathered together to encourage each other in our faith and in our walk to be there to help one another in times of need and to work together to carry out the work that he has given us to do. When God's people connect with one another, then our faithfulness is strengthened. So there we have faithfulness to God in the adoration of God, the building of our lives on his word, and in connecting with God's people. ABC. All right, so since we're talking about education, I want to give you a little quiz. It's pretty easy, and uh, I'm not going to take any grades, so don't worry. Describe what a traditional Thanksgiving celebration would be like. Well, that's pretty easy, isn't it? You know, right away you think of that turkey dinner and all the traditional fixings that you like. And there's usually a gathering of family and friends. Maybe you like watching football or watching the uh, Macy's parade. And of course, there are all sorts of decorations that we like to see too at Thanksgiving. So that'd be a pretty good answer to that quiz, right? But you notice that something is missing? Something pretty basic. Giving thanks to God. Isn't that what it's all about? Isn't a day of thanksgiving supposed to be a day when we give thanks? 
but yet it's so easy for people to set that aside and get wrapped up in all the other things, leaving God out of the picture. Here's another quiz. Describe what a good education would be. Well, you might say it should contain those three R's, you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic. I'm going to mess the kids up with that one. Why? That's not how you spell. But they all sound, start with that sound of letter R. Well, we know that those are essential parts of a good education, and yet we also hear that some of our schools are failing in that, and, and America is behind in, in those areas compared to other countries. And so we're saying we need to spend more time on that stuff. And over the years I have seen how, how the, uh, the requirements in those areas to get into college have gone up and up because we're not spending enough time and not doing enough with it. But did you notice that there's something also missing from that list for a good education? Another R, the fourth R, let's call it religion, and by that I mean knowing about our relationship with God. Yes, all those other things are important and valuable because they can give us a good life now, but without God, they're really meaningless. And there's more to life than just life here, as Jesus' words remind us. And so we need also to know about God. You might ask, how much? Give my kids a little bit. Is a little enough? We're concerned about math scores and science scores not being high where they are. What about our score, about our knowledge with our relationship with God? You see, Christian education has an important part to play. So as we reflect on all the different ways that we bring God's word to people here at our church, let's use, let's appreciate, and let's support our Christian education programs. First of all, starting with our kids. Let's use our Sunday school and our VBS and our Easter and Christmas for Kids and our Sunshine Station programs. Let's, let's use and support our Lutheran elementary school and our Lutheran high school. And let's also, as adults, get involved with the Bible class opportunities that we have here. And here's why all of that's important. Because this is where we meet God. That's what he tells us. This is where he comes to us, in his word and in his sacraments. So now we know where to go to remain faithful to him. I might just let you know here that in, in January we're going to have some special opportunities for everyone to get into the Word for a few weeks and to be reminded of what it means to be a member in God's church, to be connected to one another. You'll hear more about the details of that in the weeks ahead. But just remind yourself that, you know, with a new year coming and sometimes we like to make changes to kind of restart, let's start out right with getting into God's Word. For now, let's just take this encouragement to heart from Hebrews 10. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. That day is the day of Christ's return. When Christ the King comes back and gathers us, the saints triumphant, 
and then will ring true what Jesus promised us. Be faithful, even to the point of your death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. So now, let's talk about the prize that God has for us, eternal life. The Bible verse that I read, maybe you are familiar with it, with just a little bit different wording. That's the new NIV's wording of that passage, and I like it, and I'll tell you why. The old version that we're maybe familiar with was simply, and I will give you the crown of life. But this one said, I will give you life as the victor's crown. You see, when we hear the word crown, maybe we think of one of those gold rings on, on somebody's head that's filled with a lot of jewels. But the Greek language had two words because it had two crowns in their culture. Yes, there was that gold crown with jewels, but there was also the victor's crown, the one that was given to an athlete who had just gone through a struggle, who had just gone through a contest and won. You see it pictured there. That was the crown Jesus was talking about. The Jew have gone through a struggle. In the Greek, that word struggle is agon, from which we get our word agony. You have struggled and you have fought, but you have overcome. Well, what things do we struggle with in life? Let's talk about some of the challenges maybe that confront us, that could keep us from getting that prize of eternal life. And by the challenges, I don't mean, oh man, the, the traffic on the freeway was bad today, or I've got a lot of work to do, or I struggle with this or that. No, I'm talking about things that could get us to fall away from God and his blessings. Now, I used the letters A, B, C before, and we recognize that, you know, they're used on report cards. So are the letters D and F used on report cards. And those aren't good grades to have, kids. The D tells you you're in trouble. Improvement is needed, and the F means you failed. The challenges I'm talking about are those things that get us to fail in our walk with God and being faithful to Him. And it starts with some D's. Things like distractions. Things that pull on our desires to do other things and get us away from God. Disobedience. That sinfulness. There's supposed to be a little more. It didn't show on the screen here. But, but things like doubts and denials of God's Word. All of those things are being used to get us to fail, to fall away from God. And you might ask, well, how does that come in my life? What's going on? Well, it comes from Satan, first of all. Now, who could possibly not know what's going on in the news and not realize that Satan is alive and well in our world? The evil and the wickedness that is going on are his acts. And all of those things that we hear about, they cause us to be a little more concerned, don't they? And, and to want to be more alert to what's going on and to ask for more security. But understand, that's only one part of the devil's attack on God's people. He's more insidious than that. He works on us personally. And he has an ally with him, our society. When you look around and you see things going on in our world and the influence that it can have on us, the different trends, the different ways of thinking, the urgings to live your life the way you want, 
the, the peer pressure that people experience, the, the idols that they look up to and want to emulate, the media, all of that is Satan's ally to work on us to get us to fall from God. And he's got a third ally, another ally, that is our sinful self. Those, those weak, the, the weaknesses inside of us, those desires that want to do things our way and not God's way. Now you look at that struggle that we go through and you wonder, and how in the world can I win? Can I win? We are assured of the victory. Jesus says you will receive that crown of life. The reason being it comes from him. He is the one who won it for us. Jesus came, and he put himself in our place under that wrath of God, which was the punishment for our sins. He was crushed so that we would be lifted up. He was cursed so that we would be blessed. He died so that we would live. It's from Jesus that we get that crown of life. Listen to this beautiful poem that describes it. You, meaning Jesus, are always fighting for us, heaven's angels all around. My delight is found in knowing that you wear the victor's crown. At the mention of your greatness, in your name I will bow down. In your presence, fear is silent, for you wear the victor's crown. You are ever interceding as the lost become the found. You can never be defeated, for you wear the victor's crown. At the cross, the work was finished. You were buried in the ground, but the grave could not contain you, for you wear the victor's crown. Jesus has won. The King of Kings wore the crown that gives us the victory, and through faith in him, we are saved and given the victory. That victory, he says, is the crown of life, life and blessings everlasting. Look, we all want to have a good life. That's why we work hard, that's why we want to have a good education. We want to have a good life, but yet we know that in this life there's going to be some troubles that come. There will be things that we want that we won't have. There will be setbacks. But yet Jesus promises us a full life of blessings where there is no sadness, where there is no suffering, where there is no trouble. And the best part, there's no end. Knowing that is what God wants to give us. Why would we sacrifice Anything that would cause us to fall, that would keep us from being there, that we would fall away from those blessings. Let us be faithful to the point of death so that we get this crown of life. Every morning when I bring my kids to school here, I hear parents say to their kids, Now oh, have a good day. I just tell my kids, Get going to class so you're not late. <laughs> And then when they pick up their kids, they say, well, did you have a good day today? We all want a good day, don't we? 
When I grew up in the Midwest, there was a, a news anchor on TV who always concluded the broadcast with this statement. Have a good night and have a better tomorrow. It was pretty neat. And the people liked hearing that. Well, when his contract came to the end, <laughs> he wasn't working for that station anymore. And the people in the town were upset because they wanted to hear that guy always wish them have a better tomorrow. And so that TV station's ratings went way down and they brought him back and everyone was happy because he'd say, good night and have a better tomorrow. But the good news is we will have a better tomorrow. And it starts with planting that promise now through Christian education and nurturing it all throughout our life. God's promise reminds us that right now we wear the crown of victory. Amen.